Welcome everybody to episode 204 of the Metabilis 2, too many numbers, podcast featuring one, myself, Ben. Two, David. And uh, we had a topic all lined up, but... Uh, there is a, there's a hot take. Right before we recorded, hot take, <laughs> went hot on take the air time. here. <laughs> Live. Nashuti Gatwa has been announced as the 14th actor to play the lead character, Doctor Who. Yeah, I, th- I think it's pronounced Scooty, I was seeing. Scooty? I've heard uh, in the interview Nkshuti, but it's really hard to hear with the crowd background. Yeah, well, anyway, um, I guess we'll find out exactly. Mr. Gatwa, I think Mr. Gatwa, Gatwa. Mr. Gatwa, <laughs> exactly, yes, Scooty Gatwa. So to kick us off, let's cut to some red carpet interview clips. Cool, okay. It's been emotional. Yeah. It's been emotional. I was just saying I woke up crying and then I started dancing and then I was just like, it's just, but I'm glad that it's finally out and I don't have to keep the secret anymore because I'm terrible. It's a true honor. This role is an, it's an institution and it's so iconic and it means a lot to so many people, including myself. And so it makes everyone feel seen as well. It's something everyone can enjoy. So I feel very grateful to have had the baton handed over and I'm going to try to do my best. I mean, he's a time lord. He's literally an alien. They are an alien. And so, like, they can regenerate into anything and anyone. And for me, I just find the show to be the most beautiful form of escapism. Like, you forget about all your worldly troubles and you get to go to space and battle aliens. And I feel like... I don't know. I just feel like anyone can kind of put themselves in those shoes. I certainly do. The Doctor is not from anywhere it's like they don't fit in anywhere and i think for marginalized people they have been a real beacon of kind of feeling like seen in a way or like he's they are someone that can help people escape um which i love what will i bring to the role i don't know fabulousness <laughs> russell's writing i'm going to try do russell's writing justice and i think that's the real start i'm not sure what do we think? Well, um, I guess it's not a surprise at all that they went with a, a black man as an actor, and we get another Scotsman. So yeah, it was funny. I, w- I I quickly <laughs> ran to the YouTube's and and found him doing a thing, and he has. It's an interesting sort of combined. He, I think he's from Gambia. Was R- R- born R- in Gambia, Rwanda. But born, Rwanda. Yeah, uh, oh, Rwanda. Yep. I, I read Gambia. So he was born in Rwanda, uh, but brought up in Glasgow. So, sorry, Edinburgh, Edinburgh. Begging, yep. beg, begging his pardon, getting everything mixed up this morning. He I graduated with a BA in acting from uh, Royal Conservatoire of Scotland in Glasgow. But he has an interesting combined, what I'm going to say is a Rwandan accent um, mm-hmm. and Scottish accent, which I think will be interesting if he uses his normal voice, because that's kind of, you that's know... That's way things are going, so I would expect... Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's an unusual, it's, a, it's an unusual, it's a, it's a, it has a potential for being nicely alien, which I like. Slightly non-standard, not, not your general received pronunciation. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so another Scotsman, Scotsman, Scots were hey, exactly. We we love people from Scotland and <laughs> Doctor Who. The uh, Scottish domination our, continues. Exactly. Refer to our previous podcast if you want to know more about Scotland and and <laughs> Doctor Who. Um, but yeah, I, I as my the first reaction hot take from my my family was that he was cute, um, which might. <laughs> uh, might get some might get some watchers back in a young man come... 29 currently yes exactly so i guess he'll be 30 when he uh starts in the role next year 
Yeah, so, I mean, basically Peter Davison is who he is. <laughs> Have you watched any of his series? Uh, no, I, I think I, the I, main one a, is Sex Education. No, I've, no, I've literally never heard of him. Um, okay. And I've literally never heard of Sex Education. Um, <laughs> uh, well, obviously I've heard of Sex Education, but I've not heard of the show Sex Education. Um, mm -hmm. Might try and watch an episode. There was, there was a clip on YouTube where he was talking and I, I guess using his regular voice which is where i picked up the accent thing really excited as usual to see what the costume reveal is going to be you know it's not going to be um you know the kind of ooh, leather jacket um mm -hmm. eccleston they can't really go with the uh with the tenant look because that's mm -hmm. kind of already been done even though i think he would look great like that so i don't know um i don't know i don't know which way they're going to go basically yeah i think they kind of missed a mark with whitaker's costume in my thoughts that they did better with in like with the legend of the sea devil where she was able to mix it up just ever so slightly i'm hoping that rtd doesn't do a uniform but uh, oh, he yeah. certainly did a uniform with eccleston and tenant so we shall see yeah though i mean i guess the uniform aspect with with, with tenant you know because you can change the color of the suit and you can change the color of the tie hmm. and without sounding old and sexist there is somewhat an expectation. You know, you're familiar with a bloke wearing a suit. Yes. You are perhaps less familiar with a woman wearing the same clothes over and over and over again. Because it's, yeah. I don't know, um, women in my life don't do that. And yeah, I think that was absolutely a mistrick. Um, I think, I think with, mm -hmm. with Chibnall. I mean, Chibnall is, f I mean, you know, at some point we're going to be talking about the Chibnall era. Um, he's yep. fast becoming, for me, a kind of RTD figure. Um, which is ironic since his first TV exposure was like laying into, not RTD, beg your pardon. Um, yeah, I was uh, going to say. No, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 JNT figure, mm. um, which is ironic giving his first TV exposure was laying into JNT. So anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the other thing I think was a missed opportunity for the most part in the Chibnall era is the doctor Jody not addressing other than a few uh, rare occasions such as in the Witchfinders, being a woman as the doctor right and I think you're going to miss a lot if you go in like the doctor and Martha in the Shakespeare code just Shakespeare like code. going okay. in a Shakespeare code just walk around like pretending you own the thing I think that glosses over hand waves away being not white in in a, or not being BIPOC in a certain situation. Now it might work in contemporary Britain, but if you go back to the Shakespearean time or go back to say a time of Boudicca, there's going to be uh, there it's going to stand out and there's going to be differences. Now, granted, you'd have the Romans, but maybe the doctor would be mistaken for a Roman if you're in the time of Boudicca. So you, I think, you want to meet meet these stories head on and make it part of your storytelling rather than just pretend it's colorblind and casting or sex blind can gender yeah. blind casting and not use it as a story element. I think that's where you go wrong dramatically if you pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, ironically, actually for me, I mean, I, I, the Shakespeare code works really well for me because I think at that time, late Tudor London um, was mm. a pretty racially diverse place. I mean, I think actually the, the, the question there is, is a question of kind of class 
and um, occupation would have been the kind of you know the way that they sorted people out into ways that you can treat people. The one that the, for for Martha, what really jarred for me was the was the family of blood, uh, where right. you know, mm-hmm. given the way they were presenting that school, there is no way that that school would have hired someone who looked like that. They right. just wouldn't have hired someone like that because of the way, again, the way that school was being presented as a very kind of stuffy prejudiced um you know pre-first world war institution so yeah i mean i but i think yeah i mean as said i mean they're setting themselves some interesting some interesting storytelling problems which i have no doubt that russell davis will be able to address because he is a smart storyteller in my opinion mm-hmm. i haven't looked at any fan reaction or anything i just saw the uh the news and said well this is interesting and went through it do you think there's going to be much blowback or do you think the fact that uh, he's I... a male actor that that's gonna uh is racism going to be as strong as sexism in doctor who fandom in certain corners i mean i think you know without you know without um what's the word i don't know getting into stuff um unfortunately i think it's a lot easier for Unfortunately, that's the wrong word. I think it's a lot easier for fans to be sexist than it is for them to be racist in public. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's more acceptable to be sexist than it is to be racist um, for reasons. What I have seen on my you know, very, very brief, and obviously I'm two hours, two hours later than you, so I've, I've had two hours more of this than you have. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I literally rolled out of bed and turned down the microphone. <laughs> on, my, on my kind of cursory looking through social media, there is a, an element saying like, well, this is a good choice. Right. And we like RTD. There better not be any wokeness. So <laughs> Doctor you know, Who has always been, quote, woke. Exactly. Unquote. There you go. So I think. Well, I think, not always, but. <laughs> r- right. <laughs> At least, at least since the probably Troughton era, well, seventies. At least the Pertwee era. Oh yeah, there's been a certainly Barry Letts was uh, woke for his time. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Barry Letts was a Buddhist. Malcolm Holt was a member of the Communist Party. Blah blah blah. You know, yeah, of course. But I mean, I think that's that's where the criticism is going to come from. I think the not my doctor crowd are going to steer away from like we don't like a black person being the doctor towards we don't like we don't like the doctor being all. Um, concerned about contemporary issues um, mm. I, I where I can mm. see it and this is just you know again just quickly watching some interviews with um, I'm just going to call him shooty because that's what I read um, interviews with him I think I think where the complaints might start to come from is with kind of gender fluidness and you know uh, queerness and um those kind of roles right um because his character on uh sex education he plays eric and i'm just going through notes here who is a a very flamboyant open gay man yeah yeah and so uh, not surprising that rtd would cast someone who is an actor like that but gat was very uh private about his own personal life so right you're projecting what you assume his private life is based off a character he plays on screen when it really doesn't matter. It, it shows, you know, that's the type of character that he auditioned. I mean, it's not even the character that he auditioned for. He came in and he auditioned to play the doctor a certain way. I don't think you're going to play the doctor the same way that you'd play openly a flamboyant gay man in a comedy about sex education. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, again, you know, if we're talking about flamboyance, um, let's just, you know, let's look at John Pertwee and Tom Baker. Um, 
you know, uh, you can you can you can be flamboyant um, uh, <laughs> with you know without. I mean, Pertwee's wearing ruffles and exactly, a cape. Yes. <laughs> a cape, exactly, and you know he's throwing shapes like at any any particular moment. Yeah, Alan Moore famous has famously said, um, being a curmudgeon, you know that that he only liked the first Doctor. Um, all the rest of them look like particularly flamboyant child molesters, um, which is Alan Moore's view. Yeah, that's um, so Alan Moore. <laughs> that's, that's Alan Moore, not liking things that are different from things that he likes. But so, yeah, um, but I mean, I, I can see if, if RTD starts to explore that element of the character, I think we move away from what is to me a kind of ridiculously chaste same-sex attraction between the 13th Doctor and... And Yaz, um, and again, I think it is ridiculously chaste. It's so chaste that uh, there's not really any point in doing it, in my opinion. And that's just my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think if RTD really wants to kind of open the throttle on the Doctor exploring that aspect of of their character, um, or let's say, you know, I've, I've just said it, if if the Doctor wants to be a the they rather than a rather than a him, um, then I think the then I think they're not my doctor crowd are going to explode. Um, anything it's, it's, it's the, it's the gender piece that seems to piss them off, mm-hmm. but you know, whatever. I, I think the same crowd that uh, complains about a woman as being the doctor is going to complain loudly about a black man being a doctor too. So I, right. I don't think there's going to be any change. I, um, Honestly, I'm kind of disappointed that Joe Martin is the next doctor, but you know yes. that that will pass. You know that was yes. my that was my thought. Sort of like, oh, you know that uh, that would have been a good opportunity. Yeah, I my but my, my t- I mean, we were absolutely robbed on that one. Um, uh, I, I and I, again, I think it was obvious from when the big when when Big Finish made the announcement that. Mm-hmm. Joe Martin was going to be doing a big finish series. Mm-hmm. Okay, right then, she's gone. You know, she's a she's a chibnall thing. RTD isn't mm-hmm. going to have her. And I think if if I've got one, and this is just because you know I am the age that I am. If mm-hmm. I have one complaint about this fourteenth Doctor choice, is too young. Um, what was great about Joe Martin mm-hmm. is she was not a young. I mean, she's a, a younger than me, so how mm-hmm. dare I even say it? But you know, she's not. She's not the young woman that uh, that Jodie Whittaker presents herself mm-hmm. as. She she seems to be like an older and uh, mature is the wrong word, um, but like a, an older woman, um, mm-hmm. and that was really kind of interesting for me because there aren't any roles for older women um, in general. And I think that is something mm-hmm. that people complain about, apart from being, you know, mothers. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, or grandmas, <laughs> gran- grandmothers. It's Mother's Day. Mothers, um, grandmothers, mm-hmm. or you know, psychotic chief executives. You know, there aren't there aren't heroic roles, um, right? Yeah, so. I, so I think I think we were robbed on that one, but you know, mm-hmm. there you go. I'm, I I will be I think splashing out and and listening to those Joe Martin audios. Um, because, yeah, yeah, because I think I, I, she's great. Yeah, if you do, we should uh, cover them here. That'd be we good. Sh- we should. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So. Yet that does bring up the the point that the casting does break my one rule of Doctor Who casting that the actor who plays the Doctor must be older than me. So at uh, <laughs> need to get someone probably in their late fifties, early sixties in order to 
<laughs> in order to be the doctor, I, yeah. you know, I'm, I don't think Joe Martin would qualify under that. But uh, Gatwa definitely is uh, too young. Yep, too young. It's ageist. Uh, yeah, it's ageist, exactly. Yeah, how dare got, they? Got dare the young they? person agenda here. I just, I don't it's a like young, it. young person agenda. It's a young person agenda. We don't like it. Um, and we're just going to complain about it, even though we're yep. going to watch the show anyway. Youth, kids these days, they just yeah, exactly. got it. They, got, they have everything. Yeah, running over <laughs> my lawn. Um, <laughs> I hate it on their bicycles. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I said I'm, I'm excited for costume. I'm really excited for costume. I think that's going to be really, really interesting. Because I thought, I mean, I thought Joe Martin's costume was amazing because it had that kind of splash of Africa in it. And then it had that kind of austere kind of naval. I, I thought it was an amazing costume and she really mm-hmm. rocked it. And the glasses were awesome. You know, right now, I'm, yeah, I'm having, having seen the clips of um, Gooty on on youtube <laughs> they should just go full pelt and just have him dressed dressed like one of the char- one of the character he plays in sex education that would really <laughs> that would really that would really set the cat among the pigeons and yeah and that would freak everyone out well not yeah, everyone man. but freak freak uh, certain elements of fandom out exactly the exactly. the one one note that one last little note that i have here is that he's playing a second lieutenant in um a world war ii series uh, miniseries coming out, I think, sometime next year called Masters of the Air, which is about the U.S. forces during World War II set, I believe, in England or the British oh, Isles. interesting. That should be interesting, seeing him in a historical setting in uniform playing someone in the 1940s. And it's a Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg-type miniseries. So oh, it's, uh, really? So it's not something to be sneezed at. So it'd be, it's going to be one more look at what this actor can do, perhaps, before we see him as the doctor. I'd be interested to see what kind of American accent he does. That will be interesting to me because that will demonstrate a, um, a range of some kind. I'm just mm-hmm. thinking, yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. And, of course, I mean, that's you know the history of kind of black african-american troops in britain i think is is actually kind of interesting several documented instances of kind of british people saving black gis from being beaten up by their fellow white gis um in that britain was a way less racist country than well segregated and racist country than um than america in the 1940s mm-hmm It'll be interesting to see what uh, RTD does and uh, people who are expecting another run of Tennant or even that David Tennant would return. Uh, that surprise, I guess. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, ridiculous. But uh, he, he, Tennant and may still return for the uh, 60th anniversary uh, year of Doctor Who. And we shall see. I don't know if uh, 60th anniversary. Do we? Do we really even need a 60th anniversary show? Do, uh, there, do there's we, another question for you. Yeah, I mean, I guess there'll be a multi... I mean, we'll have one. Do you one. think there'll be a multi-doctor 60th I think anniversary it, show? I think it'll be a multi-doctor. I think it'll be Jody. I think it'll be 14th Doctor. I think it will be David. And if they can drag uh, the 11th Doctor um, Smith away from um, this game, the Game of Thrones prequel that he seems to be starring in currently um then uh they'll have him as well they i don't think they're going to have chris eccleston unfortunately i think they might not even have capaldi either but we will see 
yeah, I, I think I think Capaldi. Uh, I don't know whether 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 he'd be interested, but we'll, well see. He he always was a very good ambassador down in Cardiff at the Doctor Who experience and whatnot. So he does love the show, a lifelong fan. So I think Capaldi knows the impact of not appearing in a special. Well, that's true. Would be too. So he may not be interested professionally, but as a fan. There's some extra thought process that might go through his mind, but that is that is a lot of doctors to write for. Um, so, uh, we'll, <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's it's tough. It's tough writing for lots of doctors. Um, yeah, I, that's why I'm going thinking: Do we really need or want a multi-doctor 60th anniversary story? But I say that as a fan who's never really that jazzed by multi-doctor stories. Yeah, yeah. Well, because they always have to include some, you know, universe-destroying anonymous force of some kind, and we've just done that lit almost literally to death with the flux, which was the most anonymous and most universe-destroying mysterious force that I think we've ever had. Well, we'll have to talk about that one day, but we will one day. One day we will come back. Yes. Well, I think that's uh, that's all I have to say about Mr. Gatwa uh, becoming the doctor here. Do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I'm good. I mean, I'd, I'm just pleased that the show keeps on keeps on keeping on. And, you know, with doctors, if you don't like this one, there'll be another one along soon. So stop complaining. <laughs> There's always, what, almost 60 years of Doctor Who uh, being generated in television, audio, books. Exactly. And if again, if you don't like this one, you've got 60 years worth of other ones to look at. So stop. And if you have read and watched and listened to everything, you're a better person than I am because yes. I have not even come close to it's, I don't, delving into the back canon. I don't think it's possible anymore, actually, if, if you include Big Finish. Who does the... Who does the who does A History, the complete history of canon, that Mad Norwegian Press series? Um, that's what Mad Norwegian Press guy. Um, oh, shoot. I, uh, I'm a fan with him on Facebook. He's, really, he's, a really, he's a really fun guy. Anyway, that guy. <laughs> it's Lars Pearson is the, is the Mad Norwegian. Ah. Um, uh, Lance Parkin. Yeah, and you talked to him or listened to him at Gallifrey 1. Uh, yeah, he's, in- a, he's, a, he's a really smart guy. Um, and he did say uh, that they really are kind of running out of, he's running out of the, his ability to consume everything. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, obviously he's an author, so he reads all the books. Right. Um, and then if you've got to listen to all the big finishes as well, that's kind of almost literally a full-time job, mm-hmm. uh, of which, you know, he has other things to do with his time. And he writes about the, what he listened to. It's not like he just uh, consumes and moves on. He puts down notes and places it in the, in the continuity. So I think the impression I yeah. was getting in 2019, uh, was it 2019? Yeah. To, we, we, in 2019, when, when I, when I heard him speak at Gallifrey is that they're kind of done mm-hmm. with the, with that timeline because it's just sort of not possible anymore. And I suppose if you throw in timeless doctors, <laughs> you know, and all that Chibnall stuff, then, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it really, I mean, I, 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 I'm on record as saying, I, you know, I think, continuity is kind of silly with Doctor Who but I think if you really do take the Chibnall stuff on board continuity becomes impossible right with the timeless children exactly or yeah. timeless child yeah timeless child timeless children whatever they are yeah mm. which apparently again reading RTD is just going to completely ignore so um <laughs> well that that's at least throwing a bone to uh traditionalist I guess 
yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I would ignore it too. I think it's uh, well, well. We'll talk about it when. Uh, at a different time, like but I, I thought it was a misstep. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I, it's, I think a lot of what Chibol did was a misstep. Um, but you know, uh, all right. Well, that's that's a half hour there, almost a half hour of us doing a hot, hot take. take about a casting of a new Doctor that neither of us have seen on air before. So, interesting times in Doctor Who fandom, and we look forward to Scooty or Nakuti Gatwa's tenure as the Doctor. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, we do. We'll be reviewing it as soon as it hits the airwaves or something. I don't know what we'll be doing, but yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, talk, to you. talk to you next time on episode 205. Goodbye. Goodbye.